Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God, for what you're going to do. Lord, we set the stage. God, we've given the appetizer. Now it's time for the main course. Let us hear from you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen again. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad that you're here. Look at your other neighbor and say, I'm glad Pastor Green is back. And he looks very handsome today. Thank you, baby. I appreciate that. My wife's there for me. Most of you went quiet there, and I know who you are. I understand Will did a fantastic job last week. So thank you, Will, for filling in for me. I appreciate that. It means a lot to me that I can take a Sunday off, so to speak. I haven't been away from you in about a year, so every now and then I need some time. My wife and I, I said, we went up for a minister's meeting up in Anchorage, and, uh, and it was just good to be around some other ministers that we were able to talk to, and, and uh, I had to be careful because I was bragging on you a little too much. I was just telling him how awesome you are and what a great church you are, and, and uh, you know, one pastor tried to switch churches with me. No, I'm just I said, no, we don't do that. But uh, I said, no, we're just, God's just blessing our church. And I'm just so pleased with you and, uh, and pleased with what God, God's doing something, isn't he? You feel that? God's doing something, amen? And you know, here's the thing is, when God starts to do something, what does the enemy do? He tries to distract, disrupt, disrupt, if I can say it correctly, disrupt, and he kind of does all kinds of things to get us out of the mindset, Okay. So here's what I need from you this morning. I know some of you, who's had a tough week this week? Come on, raise your hand. All right, there we go. Be honest. We've had a tough week. All right, so here's what I need you to do. I need you to put that in the rearview mirror. Actually, don't even put it in the rearview mirror. Just put it behind you. Say, get thee behind me, Satan. All right? And don't look at your spouse when you say that. Okay? Helen looked at Randy. I saw her. She's like, get thee behind me, Satan. (laughs) No, it just... Just put whatever is behind you, put it behind you, because this is in the past. I realize that maybe right now that you're feeling that, but we need to hear from God this morning, right? And also, I want to wish Jimmy and Colleen a happy anniversary. It's been one year. I mean, isn't that great? I tell you, I mean, Colleen has put up with Jimmy for a year, and I, you know, no, I'm just joking. They, uh, they're just a precious couple to me, and I'm so happy I performed their wedding ceremony. So God bless you guys. Happy anniversary. And it's perfectly acceptable for me to take time during the service to do that because they've been through a lot. God's bringing them healing, so I just appreciate that. Amen? Praise God. Well, we're here to learn from the Word and hear the Word of God today. Now, there's a, there's a holiday coming up. Can anybody tell me what that is? Christmas, right? By the way, I wear an extra large for those of you who are buying me something. 
that was a hint. <laughs> Some of you are looking, I ain't buying him nothing. <laughs> I'm only joking. It was just a little joke, just to kind of lighten the mood. You guys are a little tense this morning. I tell you what, let's, let's kind of shake off those cobwebs a little bit. Everybody stand up. Come on, stand up. We're going to shake off the cobwebs a little bit. I know everybody's too serious this morning, okay? I'm in a good mood, okay? It's rare that I'm in a good mood on a Sunday morning, all right? Okay, so just raise your hands. Lower them. Raise your hands. Lower them. Okay, you're practicing Pentecostalism. That's great, okay? Now pretend to heal somebody. No, I'm just joking. Praise God. Clap, give the Lord a clap offering. Amen. Now, listen to me because you extroverts, I have a hard time controlling you, okay? To the person beside you and beside you only, shake their hand, tell them you're glad to see them, okay? You introverts, you have to interact. Hi, Lisa. I'll shake your hand. Praise God. All right. Now you may be seated. Praise God. I had to, I had to help the introverts. Introverts are like, Pastor, I hate you right now. That's okay. Did you get your hand shut, brother? Okay, good. All right. I am so glad that you're here today. Amen. This is, December is like one of my favorite times. My son is coming home. Actually, it's Jenny's son. Sometimes I get looped into that. It's our son. But our son's coming home on a Friday, and we're just excited about that. Um, and so we, uh, our family's going to be made whole again. And so he's coming home from college, and he's going to get a high-paying job and start paying me money just to be called my son. That's how it works, right? And so <laughs> I'm excited about that. And so God has just been good to our family. It's going to be a great Christmas season. And I started thinking about the holidays, because here I am excited about the holidays, and for some people, the holidays can be kind of tough, you know, because we've lost people, and I get that. And so I'm going to say things today, not to correct, but to encourage. I want to encourage you, because the whole purpose of the season is the word Joy, right? Say that with me. Joy. joy. Say it again. Joy. joy. Amen. What is the word? I mean, when you say joy, you kind of feel a little happy, don't you? Like, you can't just say joy like joy. 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 No, you got joy, right? You know, you just kind of, you know, you know, like me, you kind of look like Santa Claus when you say it. Joy, right? Because not because I'm fat. Don't ever say that. <laughs> So we want to experience joy this morning. Now again, I know Christmas is a hard time for some people because you've lost people. And we want to be reverent of that. We want to be respectful of that. But I also want to tell you that we can have joy in our sorrow. Amen? We can have joy in our circumstance. But sometimes what we do is we try to find joy and things that used to, we think, bring us joy, but they no longer bring us joy anymore, do they? And so the only way that we're going to find joy as believers is in the Lord. That's where our joy is. Do you know why? Because in the Lord is eternal. Amen? Can you, can you, are you with me on that? With the Lord, joy is eternal. Amen? With the Lord, joy is eternal. Let me give you an example. When I was a kid, I loved hot dogs. Who's with me? Hot dogs, right? Now, the way I was raised, when you had hot dogs, you put chili on it, 
and you put slaw on it. Anybody else raised like that? Who are my southerners? Okay. So you have chili and slaw and, and sweet relish. Okay. That's where you put your hot dog. And I, when I was a kid, I could eat hot dogs every night. Now that I'm an adult, I hate hot dogs. My wife would look at me, she says, we're having hot dogs tonight. And I'm like, oh, man. And that's, that's her trick to say, hey, why don't we go out to eat? That's what she does. So she knows. Because I'm like, I'm like volunteering. Hey, why don't we go out to eat? Right? She knows. She's the smart lady, right? She, she'll just mention the word. She'll like, hey, we're going to have hot. And I'm like, we're going out to eat. So she knows how, she knows how to do it. She's, she's very intelligent, Right? Unless I don't really want to, never, well, never mind, just know that that's true. So hot dogs don't bring me, and I know this is a silly example, hot dogs don't bring me the same joy that they used to. You know why? Because my taste buds are different. I am different. I'm grown up a little bit. I've gotten bigger. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I, I don't enjoy it like I used to eat five or six hot dogs, right? Now now I watch that, that uh, competition where they eat like so many hot dogs at one time. And one, that, I can't watch it. That makes me sick. I'm like, ah, that's disgusting, right? And so what used to be joyful for me is now disgusting. But what we do a lot of times is we try to go back to that thing that brought us joy. And it really no longer brings us joy because that was temporal. That was temporal. And when we talk about the kingdom of heaven, which is what we're going to be talking about this month, when we talk about the kingdom of heaven, we understand that our joy is based on something eternal. Our joy is based on something that never changes. Our joy is based on something that will last forever, even past the end of this age. Amen? Our joy is based in the Lord. Amen? So this month, this month we're going to talk about understanding what it means to be part of the kingdom of heaven. And if you've been here on Wednesday night, you're going to hear some things that I've already talked about, but it's worth repeating, amen? So let's talk about this verse right here. The kingdom of heaven, Matthew 10, 7, amen? Let's go to that verse, William, please. And he says, Jesus was talking to his disciples because they were about ready to go out and spread the word of God. He, he, he says, I'm ordaining you and I'm going to send you out and I want you to preach the word of God. Now, notice they didn't, they didn't preach this or they didn't preach that. He gave them one statement. He says, and as you go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen. Now, notice he didn't say, I want you to preach salvation I don't want you to preach this. I don't want you to preach that. He gave him one specific message. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Do you know why he wanted them to preach that? Because the kingdom of heaven includes all of that. Amen. And I'm going to explain why in just a moment. We need to understand that here in this world, we are not part of the kingdom of heaven. We are the kingdom of this world. The kingdom of this world is full of sin. The kingdom of this world is full of sorrow. The kingdom of this world is full of shame. The kingdom of this world is full of heartache, bitterness, anger, race, racial division, just division in general. The kingdom of this world is death. But the kingdom of heaven, brothers and sisters, this morning, and I want to tell you this, the kingdom of heaven is life. 
The kingdom of heaven is life. Amen? The kingdom of heaven is what we're trying to get to. And I'm going to explain this more in a moment. Because I want you to understand, we try to find joy in the kingdom of this world, and you're never going to find it. Some people try to find the, the joy in a bottle. Guess what? At the end of that bottle, you're not going to find joy. You're going to find nothing but heartache and sorrow and more pain. You may try to find joy in a needle. And I want to tell you this morning, you're never going to find joy joy at the end of the needle. You're never going to find joy at the end of a cigarette or a reefer or whatever it is that people do. You're never going to find joy in an adulterous relationship. You're never going to find joy in doing things that are harmful to the body. Brothers and sisters, there's only one way to have joy, and that is to align ourselves with the kingdom of heaven, amen, with the kingdom of God, and realize that we are not of this world, amen. See, I don't understand why Christians think that they could just go out and be a part of the world and think that they can just come to church and everything be okay, like they checked a box or something. That's not how it works. We have to strive to be a part of the kingdom of heaven because our carnal bodies, that means our sinful bodies or our sinful nature, wants to do things that are not of God. As many of you know, I'm not supposed to have sugar or candy Right? I got my dealers in the church, but I'm not going to talk about that. People who bring me candy. Kind of compare that to Satan, right? I'm not calling them Satan, but it's kind of the same thing. And so if I have candy, it is harmful to my body. But you know what I love more than anything? Man, I love me a good Snickers. Who likes Snickers besides me? Come on. Right? Sometimes I'll offer people Snickers because they're hungry and they need it. Amen. You know the commercial? You know what I also like? I like Twix bars. Anybody like Twix bars? Anybody need some candy like me right now? Who like Reese's Pieces? You guys like that? Who likes chocolate M&Ms? As you can tell, I pretty much like all candy, right? Because even though I'm not supposed to have candy, when I see candy, my body goes, you know, you really want that. The devil didn't come to me and tell me I needed that. My body is saying, you really want some candy, Keith. And I'm going, I do this, I get dramatic about it. Get away from me in the name of Jesus. <laughs> but I don't mean it, right? <laughs> I don't mean it. I'm not going to say who brings me candy, but when Skylar comes to me and he hands me candy, in my mind I'm saying, get thee behind me, Satan. But with my other hand, I'm actually reaching out <laughs> and saying, God bless you. Because I'm reaching for something that's going to bring me momentary pleasure, but actually has long-term harm to me. My doctor told me, he says, do not take candy. I would think he knows what he's talking about, right? In the same way, as a pastor, I'm saying don't do things that are going to be harmful to you because it may bring that momentary pleasure, but it's going to have long-term effects on you. It's, it's an example. And, and it's amazing that I have to talk about this stuff, but let's just be real. It happens in church. If you have an affair, if you cheat on your spouse, that has long-term effects, doesn't it? That, has, that can damage and separate relationships to where relationships are never the same. And I've been surprised how many affairs are in churches. 
How many affairs? People have told me, he says, yeah, you know, they, came, they were a part of a church and they had affairs and, and nobody knew about it and it must have been okay. It's not okay. It's not okay to do that. It's not okay to, well, I'm going to give you another bad one. It's not okay to lie. It's not okay to lie. It's not okay to gossip against your brother and sister. Amen? And sometimes we feel joy when we're gossiping because we're elevating ourselves and putting someone else down. Again, that's a false joy. Amen? I want you to know this morning that if we want the kingdom of heaven, that we have to follow the rules set forth by God himself. And that is simply to obey him. Amen? Now, I want to explain some things to you first. And I want them to leave the scripture up here because I want you to, to reference it. I want you to hear that. I want you to know, I'm going to go back to the very beginning here because I want you to understand what the kingdom of God is like. Because I want you to think about our current world right now. What is it that you're always hearing from scientists is that things are dying, right? And, and, and the, that the world is dying and all of this. And, all, and, and I'm not trying to get political. I'm just trying to tell you that's what we always hear, right? And as a matter of fact, even in our own bodies, we are in fact dying, aren't we? We're, we're not closer to birth than we are closer to death. That's just the way it is. But when God originally created this world, what did he do? He spoke what? Life. Amen? Everybody with me? He spoke Life. He spoke life. All right, I'm going to say it again because I've got to drive this home, okay? You know when I repeat myself that it's serious, right? He spoke life. Amen? Not just, not just, hey, you're here for 80 years and, or 90 years or 100 years and then you die and your body slowly degrades like it, you know, all over time. I was talking to somebody this morning. I won't mention Ezra's name. But he was talking about how his knees are hurting. Right, Ezra? Oh, I wasn't going to say your name. Okay. He said his knees are hurting. I made fun of him. I said, you're getting old, right? And then he blames something. Oh, it happened a long time ago. But, you know, my knees are hurting too. We had a good joke about it. But when you get older, what happens? It's like the cereal when you wake up in the morning, snap, crackle, pop, right? God never meant that for us. When God created us, he created what? Life. He created us to walk with him and talk with him and be with him eternally, amen? And so I want you to know this morning, when God created you, it was something real, it was something tangible when he created Adam and Eve. And here's, here's the greater thing, and this is really cool, and I want you to know this. See, God created the animals, but with you, he formed man and woman. Let me explain the difference with Adam and Eve. See, creation is he spoken into existence. And if you go back and look at the word, it says this in, in Genesis. And I think I believe it's at, at the end of chapter 1 or the beginning of chapter 2. He says he formed the man and woman. And what that word form is, I want you to imagine a potter with a, with a vase or some pottery, and he's shaping it, and he's molding it, and he's developing. He took his time. He put some thought in developing me and you. Brothers and sisters, you are not an accident this morning, okay? Even though we're not part of Adam and Eve, you are not an accident. How many of your parents told you you were an accident? God, don't raise your hand. <laughs> Because you're not. Maybe to them it was a surprise, right? But to God, God hand-picked you. Now, can I say that again? 
Maybe you don't feel worthy of that. Well, guess what? I don't feel worthy of it at all. But God handpicked me. God handpicked you. He designed you. As a matter of fact, listen to this. In, in Jeremiah 1.5, he says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Oh, you know what that means? That means he was thinking about you before you were even conceived. Right? Am I reading that right? He was sitting there thinking, man, that RJ, he's going to be a cool guy. I, I, I really like RJ. And here's what I'm doing. Here's how I'm going to make him. Here's how I'm going to form him. He was thinking about that before RJ was even conceived. Now think about that for a second, how awesome that is, that my Father, my Creator, the form of who I came from, designed me. So I want you to understand that this morning, that's the way it was supposed to be, but what happened? Because we were supposed to have a life free from pain, right? We were supposed to have a life free from sorrow. I ask you to raise your hands this morning for those of you who have had a tough week. We were supposed to have a life that was free from those things. We were supposed to have a life where we didn't have to worry about finances. We were supposed to have a life that we were supposed to worry about, about racial division or, or problems in the family. Was it about the holidays that problems in the family are worse? Have you ever noticed that? You ever notice that people get tense around the holidays and they start fussing? If you don't know what the word fussing means, it means you're arguing. It's a southern term. We always say that you're fussing and discussing. Sometimes the discussing part's not there. People get tense around the holidays, right? But it's not supposed to be like that. We're supposed to be full of joy. We're supposed to have eternal life. So what happened? Because at that time when God created us, he created us in his image. He walked among us, and that was the kingdom of God. God had his kingdom in heaven, the kingdom of heaven, and that we were meant to rule the world. There was the kingdom of man. That's the way it was designed to be. And he came down, and we would rule this world. As a matter of fact, it says in Scripture that we were given dominion dominion over the world. But something happened, didn't it? Eve, Eve was deceived. And she ate the fruit. I personally believe that it was a tomato. Yeah, because if, if I was Adam, I would have never eaten it. It might have been an apple. We don't know. It's just called a fruit. Eve ate it, Adam ate it, and it plunged the world into sin, into darkness. But how many understand that God came in with the promise? In Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, he said, I'm going to send somebody, and I'm paraphrasing. He doesn't say it like this. He says, my seed will be in an enmity with your seed. It was a prediction of the Christ, of Jesus God already had a plan to, to reunite us with him. Now, how many times have you seen someone who was offended because of what happened? You offended them and the relationship was suffered, but the person that you offended is the one to offer peace and bring reconciliation. That never happens, does it? 
God was the one offended by our sin, yet God sent reconciliation, or he joined us back, and he's reaching out to us today. And, God, and this is what I love about this. Every culture has reached out to God in their own way. And this is every, the, the more I learn about cultures around the world, I see where they acknowledge God in their way. They maybe didn't understand. I, I, you know, maybe we don't understand. But the point is, is everybody has reached out to God. And I love that. And God is reaching out to us, and we're reaching out to him. And he's trying to create that relationship and restore that to us again. Because he no longer wants there to be division between us and him. But what we do is we continue to try to seek joy in things that bring us pain. Do you know why? You know why we do that? There's a term, and I don't know if you've heard it, we say rose-colored glasses. We look back on things with rose-colored glasses and we say, oh, I remember those days. Kind of like the Hebrew children are talking about Egypt. Oh, I remember those days. It was fun. It was good. There was nothing wrong with that. And then we fall back into a lifestyle that's not pleasing to God. One of the things that's the toughest thing for me to be as a pastor, and I'm going to be very candid with you. There's people that's come to our church and gotten gloriously saved, and God has changed their life. And all of a sudden, they do like Lot's wife, and they look back. They look back. And they go back to what they knew. They go back to what they knew. And I'm still praying for them. I'm still asking God to deliver them. But people want to go back. And they look, oh, it was so much fun. Then, oh, we could do this and we could do that. But there's this division between God and them. There's this division and they're no longer part of the family of God because they've turned their back on God. But I believe God can restore, can't he? I believe God can bring back. I believe that God can heal just like he did with the prodigal son. So I want to tell you this morning, and I want you to understand that we have to come back to the kingdom of God. We have to come back to the kingdom of God. We've been in sin way too long. We've been in the world way too long. As a matter of fact, let me call out the church a little bit. The church has been compromised for too long. We've been more focused on how good we look. We've been more focused on how comfortable our chairs are, if the temperature is right, if the TV monitors are right, or if they're singing the songs that we want to hear. Brothers and sisters, we have got to come back to what's important to God. Amen? We've got to come back to what's important to God, not what's important to me, but what's important to God. Amen? Now, when we come back to God, we do things that are important to Him. Amen? For too long, the church has given this theology they come back to God and you get whatever you want. And I'm going to tell you, that's, that's not how it works. There's got to be some skin in the game, so to speak. And here's, here's how you are a part of the kingdom of heaven and receive the benefits of being a part of the kingdom of heaven. And this is what I want to talk about this morning. We're going to be talking about the kingdom of heaven all this month because I want you to understand that kingdom mentality, kingdom of heaven mentality, is different than a worldly mentality. And for too long, the church has been walking in a worldly mentality. 
You've got to get past that and walk in a kingdom of God mentality. Amen? Here's what the Word of God says. He says, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 2. Can we put that up? I know I said we didn't, we're not going to do that, but can we put this up? In Deuteronomy chapter 28, thank you guys for working with me. I appreciate that. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, he talks about the blessing that comes from being obedient to God. Now, I, want, I really want you to hear what I'm saying here because it's really important. This isn't some pastor telling you to change your ways, okay? I'm not, I'm not trying to do that today. I'll, I'll do it some other day, but not today. I'm trying to get you to understand that when you follow God, what happens to your life, and it's a change for the better. Here's what I've noticed about people. You know what we do? Is we walk around with the same mentality, the same ways, and the same thoughts that we always have, and we expect God to bless us. It doesn't work that way. If we want God to bless us, we've got to come out of where we were and come into where he is. Now, we're never going to be perfect, right? We're never going to be perfect. We're always going to struggle with our sin until our bodies are glorified and we're with Jesus. Praise God. Amen. But if, as Christians, we don't start becoming obedient to the, uh, to the word and to the Lord, we're never going to understand the blessings of God. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. It's really heavy on my heart is I want you to see there is a blessing in serving God. Amen. Some of you are resisting that blessing. And I, all I'm saying is if I had $20, I mean, I held it up and I offered it to you, how many of you would go, no, I don't want that? How many if I held up $100 would you say I don't want that? No, you would want it, right? Because you would buy me a gift with it, wouldn't you? Amen? Are you guys awake this morning? Are you awake? Because I feel like I'm not sure if you're awake yet. Let me hear you say amen. amen. Let me hear you say oh me. <laughs> All right, you're with me. Because I've told some good jokes up here and I've gotten nothing. And I'm going to start telling some really bad dad jokes if I don't get some responses. All right, good. All right, just force laugh. It's okay. There is a blessing, there is a blessing in serving God. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 2, listen to this. And he's about to talk about what he says. He said, and all, look at your neighbor and say all. Okay, you guys know what all means? It goes, listen to me, this is really interesting. If you look in the original Hebrew, it means all. All right, good. Yeah, just give you a language lesson. You can tell people you speak and understand Hebrew now. All right. <laughs> All right. He says, then the eyes, wait, wrong verse, here we go. And all these blessings shall come upon you. Okay, do you know what the word come upon you is? I'm going to explain it to you. Here's my jacket, right? That means it's going to come upon me and cover me. 
You got that? Okay, you're not with me yet. I'm going to do it one more time. Okay? Let's try it again. When I says, or when the Bible says the word of God, or the blessings will come upon you, what that means, it's going to clothe me. It's going to cover me. It's going to make me more. Amen? Do you understand what that means? That means it's going to over. Oh, look, it goes beyond that. Look what it says. He says, it shall come upon you and, what's that word? What? You and overtake means? Come here, Brittany. All right. Now, you're right there, right? Okay. Overtake. All right, you with me? So what's happening is, it shall come upon you, right? Covers her, right? All right, don't she look good in this nice blazer? Yeah, okay. And then what's going to happen as she walks in that blessing, start walking, not too fast. It's going to overtake her. Do you guys see what just happened there? The blessing of God is not only going to clothe her, but it's going to overtake her. It's going to be beside her. It's going to be behind her. It's going to be beside her again. It's going to be in front of her again. The blessing of God is going to be all over her. Amen? All over her. That's what the blessing of God is like. The life is now spoken into her life. There's no more dark shadow up here. There's no more cloud. Or de- oh, praise God. Mm. There's no more cloud of anxiety. There's no, I don't know what Brittany's going through. I'm just talking, okay? There's no more cloud of anxiety. It's easy to do this because she's this tall. There's no more anxiety. There's no more depression. There's no more failure or fear or failure. There's the blessing of God on her life. The life is spoken into her. Amen? Praise God. Thank you, Brittany. Praise God. I love Brittany. I'm glad that she's here. Gives me someone else to pick on. Praise God. Let's give her a hand. She did a good job. The word blessing. The blessing means to bring to life, to increase. It also means prosperity. Wait a minute, Pastor. Are you preaching a prosperity gospel? Absolutely not, because you have to pay a price for this. It's just not just given to you. You have to walk in obedience. He says, all these blessings shall come upon you. Can you write the word, tell me what the word shall means? It means it will. It means it will. Not Will Martin, I mean it will. My dad told me when I was young, younger, he says, I shall give you a beating. And he did. It's probably negative, but still he did. I could talk about him. He's not here this morning. He's not feeling well. He says, shall come upon you and overtake you, but there's a condition here. There's a comma. What is that word after that? Because, right? Because you what? You mean I just can't, I just can't go and live whatever life I want to and, you know, abuse my body and cheat people and, and, and do those things and get the blessing of God? No, you have to obey. 
All right, now let me address this. The, the, a lot of people say, well, pastor, that's Old Testament. It doesn't apply to us. Not true. God is God. Old Testament, New Testament. God is God. The word obedience is all through the New Testament too. Amen? We have the Old Testament for a reason. So let's not have the argument that's Old Testament. We don't segregate the word of God. Amen? It is the word of God. And we understand now. Now there are parts that apply to certain people for certain times. Yes. But the Bible has a lot of multiple meanings. There's prophecies in the Old Testament that have still not come through true as of today. So that tells me the Old Testament is for today, just like the New Testament. Amen? And so the Word of God says, if you obey the what? The voice of who? Who? Do you obey the voice of your pastor? No. Unless I'm speaking the Word of God. Amen? But you're not obeying me. You're obeying the voice of the Lord. Amen? I'm just trying to get at you to understand. It's not that I'm not speaking the truth and you should respect what I'm saying. But as these are not my words, I don't want you to obey me in that regard. I want you to obey the voice of the Lord. Amen? Because, and I want you to understand this. The Lord is doing this because he wants to restore us to have life and not death. Amen? That's what he wants to speak into you this morning. He wants to speak life into you this morning. Amen? Man, a Christian, let's be honest here, a Christian should walk around no matter what they're going through, with their head hell high, walking around, and the devil comes up and tries to do something, whatever. Whatever, you ain't got nothing on me. You know what the devil does when you tell him that? He starts to bring up your past, right? You know what I tell him? Hey, there's your future. Amen? There's your future. And he leaves you alone, okay? I want to tell you this morning, brothers and sisters, praise God, that as believers, as believers, we need to stand up and look at the devil square in the eye. It says, you got no power over me. You got no control over me. I'm walking in the blessing because I'm listening to the word of God. Amen? I'm obeying the voice of God. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor, does that mean trouble won't come anymore? Oh, heavens no, we'll have trouble. Jesus said that. He says, in this life, you will have trouble. But then he says this, but I, meaning him, meaning him, meaning him, have overcome the world. <laughs> Woo! I've overcome the world, amen? See, God, I'll be honest with you. My wife can attest to this. God's given me a little bit of a revelation. This week I've been like walking around, and trust me, we've had our share of issues and challenges, but I've been walking around and said, listen, I know we have things we're dealing with, but I, I'm just going to trust God about this. We're going to believe God. This is totally different for me, y'all. I used to stress about everything. I'd get upset. I'd be mad. I'd be angry. But that's not God talking. That's me talking. That's the world talking. It's time for believers to say, hey, I don't care. I trust God. Hey, Amen. I trust... Mm -hmm. I trust God this morning. I believe God's going to take care of it. I believe God's going to see me through. I believe God's walking the path with me. Amen. I believe God's walking with me. I believe he's step by step by step walking with me. Amen. That's why I can look the devil in the eye and say, you ain't got nothing on me. And see, we need to quit blaming the devil. for everything. All we're doing is giving him power. Oh, the devil's attacking me. Fight back. Listen, if somebody's on you and they're beating you, what do you do? Do you just sit there and take it? 
listen, if you punch, I know what the Bible says about turning the other cheek, but if you punch me, I'm probably going to punch you back. Okay? The devil and his minions try to come after me. Oh, you all okay, let's go. Come on. Come on, big brother Jesus, let's go. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Holy Spirit. Come on. <laughs> I watched Jesus kind of, you know, wail on the devil, and I'm back there going, go get him. <laughs> get him. Get him again. Because that's what God does for us when we walk in obedience. Are you with me this morning, brothers and sisters? We've got to be the children of God that walk in obedience, amen? We, and listen, we can, we're going to talk a little bit more at another time about what obedience means. But we've got to walk faithful. Now, that doesn't mean we're not going to mess up sometimes, okay? There's times that I still get frustrated and I get angry. But the Lord checks me. He checks me and he says, no, we don't do that. Either I'm God or I'm not. You ever had God tell you that before? Yeah, he's pretty serious about that God stuff. And he's been God a whole lot longer than I've been me. So I think he knows what he's doing. Amen? If we would just follow God, this is what's going to happen to us. Are you ready? You guys follow along with me? I know I told you no, but I've changed my mind. There's a great thing on Facebook where the pastor says, I'm only going to preach 10 minutes, and he won't. If you get a chance to watch it, it's hilarious. This is what's going to happen to you. We're going to go from verse 3 all the way to verse 14. You guys ready? You ready? Just say amen. Nod your head. All right. Okay, amen. I'm looking at Cheyenne, and she's looking at me like, Pastor, you're killing me. That's okay. You still love me. And you can show me you love me by having Ezra cooking burritos. All right, here we go. This is what's going to happen to you when you're faithful to God. Verse 4. Verse 3. Sorry. You ready? Blessed shall you be in the city. And blessed you shall be in the country. You know what that means? Moses kind of sing a little song here. You know how songs go? They go, you go, you know, blessed are you here, blessed are you there. Can you imagine Moses just kind of doing a little dance here and he's singing because he starts thinking about the blessing of God. Man, some of you come in so bearing down, you're frowning, and you act like you lost your best friend. I'm and I know your lives are hard right now. Don't get me wrong. I get that. But it's time to look to the Lord. And when you look to the Lord, Moses says, blessed are you in the city, and blessed are you in the country. That means, you know what, I'm going to break it down. You know what that means? That means everywhere you step. Look at that. Look at that. I'm blessed here. Look at that. I'm blessed here. Look at this. I'm blessed here. Come on, look at that. I'm blessed here. I'm blessed here. I'm blessed here. I'm blessed here. I'm blessed everywhere I step. I'm blessed. You ever walked in somewhere and people are looking at you like there's something different about you and you're looking at yourself, oh my, is there something on me? I don't know. No, the Holy Ghost is on me. Amen. They know at the moment I walk in and, and they, they don't treat me the same way when I compromise a little bit, do they? But when the Holy Ghost is on me, people notice. They look at me and they want what I have. Amen. 
You don't want to you want to know why churches aren't winning people? Because we walk into the world and we're acting like we always do. Amen. It's time to start acting like believers. Amen. It's time to start acting with like some joy in our hearts and realize what God has done for us. He says, You are blessed in the city, you're blessed in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Verse 5, blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Praise God. Then he says in verse 6, he says, blessed you shall be when you come in, and blessed you shall be when you go out. Oh, praise God. In other words, when I walk in the door, I'm blessed. When I walk out of the door, I'm blessed. Everything about my life is blessed. Amen. Praise God. Oh, Hallelujah. In other words, I come home, I walk in the door, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I walk out of my door to go somewhere, I'm blessed. And does that mean the enemy's going to stop attacking me? No, that's his job. He's going to do that, okay? But listen, he can attack me all he wants, but I'm blessed. Because whatever he tries to take from me, God's going to restore it from me. Amen? God's going to give it back to me. And let me tell you something. I want to tell you something right now from this song, okay? And this song ministers to me so much. The enemy, the enemy thought he had me. The en- Come on, listen to me now. I'm getting a little excited. The enemy thought he had me. But Jesus said... The enemy thought, the enemy thought, man, you feeling what I'm feeling? You feeling it, right? The enemy thought he had me, but Jesus, but Jesus said, nah. That's a, that's a young person term. Nah, I don't know what it means. I think it's close to vibing. I'm not sure. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus said, nah. Say it with me. Nah. You're all young people now. Jesus said, nah. They are mine. They're mine. Come on now. They're mine. And when I thought about that, when I thought about that, when I thought about, wait a minute, I may go through something, but Jesus hasn't stepped away from me. You ever felt like when when you go through stuff that maybe Jesus is punishing you? First of all, explain to me where that's at in the Bible. Jesus says, I have not come into the world to condemn the world, but through me all might be saved, right? That Jesus did not come to condemn us. Now, when we sin, we open ourselves up to, to, to the world, okay? I want to say that. But we're still His. Unless we physically say we're no longer His, we're still His, amen? And so when He says, you need to back up, this is Jesus talking to the devil, okay? He says, you need to back up. You ever gotten in a fight before? Or someone get in your face? The devil, Jesus is saying to the devil, you need to back up because they are mine. You ever mess with a grandma or a mom about their children? 
they will claw your eyes out, not even apologize for it, right? That's nothing compared to what Jesus will do for you, amen? You are His this morning. You are His this morning. Praise God. Don't walk around anymore with this defeatism. You are a child of God. Let me say that, and I, man, I really want to hammer this home to you right now. You are a child of God, and God protects his own, amen? If you read in Psalms 18, Psalms 18 talks about how God gets on a, a cherubim and he flies down with his nostrils flared and his breath moves mountains. That is an image of how God reacts when we call upon him. But brothers and sisters, we need to call upon the Lord this morning. Amen? Yes. Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. You're right, I don't. But I know who does. Maybe you're having problems with your children this morning. I mean, who doesn't? If you've got children, you know what that means. I'm not saying my children are bad, but we all go through difficult times. I mean, my, I love my kids. As a matter of fact, as far as I know, I'm their favorite dad. I'm their only dad. Whatever problems we go through, not only is God with us, but are you ready? He's fighting for us. But we got to believe that. We got to hold on to that. And maybe, maybe you're not being obedient this morning. Well, guess what? It's time to start. Time to start. You know, there's not this thing where Jesus says, well, I'm going to wait 30 days to see if they're going to be obedient, and then I'll start. No, that's not how it works. It starts now. It's simply by repenting. Repenting means that you're going this way, and then you turn around and you go this way. I'm going to give you another example. Brittany, come back up here. I'm all about the visuals, aren't I? Okay, don't look at me. All right. So, I know it's hard. So, repentance is like this. When you're walking away from God, start walking away. This is what it feels like. Stop. But let me tell you what it actually is like when you say, I'm sorry. Turn around. God is right there. Turn all the way around. Look at me. God is right there. Do you guys see what just happened there? Amen. God followed you. Remember what we taught Liv this morning? He left the 99. He follows you. Thank you, sweetie. You did a great job. Thank you. She loves it when I call her up here. She's so extroverted. That's twice, isn't it? I really owe you, don't I? Okay. Tell your grandpa to buy you lunch and we'll, get it, we'll be even. Brothers and sisters, some of you have come in this morning with a broken heart. There's this old song. Take it to the Lord and leave it there. Take your burdens to the Lord. Leave it there. Leave it there. Leave it there. Take your burdens. You guys remember that old song? You know, I love those old songs. I used to hate them growing up. But man, they're a part of my culture. They're a part of culture as far as Christianity. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. And it's time for the church to walk in obedience, to walk in holiness, to walk in righteousness. 
Now, I want to be clear. I'm not saying your life is going to be perfect. I, I will never say that. But your attitude towards things changes. It changes. It changes. You, you can look at adversity and go, I, God's got this. I'm okay. Now, it may require you be on your knees a little bit longer. There's been some things I've been praying about that's required me to spend a little bit more time before God than I normally do. Brothers and sisters, it's time for the church to rise up, become that army of God that we were called to be. Would you stand with me, please? Jesus. Verse 8. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. You know what I hear from people a lot? I've lost this been taken from me and it's true I'm not arguing with that can I tell you that God can give it back oh that was weak am I a liar can I say it again maybe you just want me to be quiet so we can go home I don't know but I that should have got a really big amen can I tell you that what you have lost or what has been stolen from you, even if it goes back several generations, God can give it back to you. God can give it back to you. Come on now. We can, we can argue all day. And I, when I say argue, I don't really mean argue. We can argue all day about this should have been done, this should have been done. You know what? Let God take care of it, okay? When I walk into obedience, he's going to give me back what is mine. Amen? That is my inheritance. It's mine. I know no preacher preaches like this. It's okay to be a little weird, isn't it? Some of you, you're hurting this morning feel it. You're struggling with depression. I'm going to call it out, okay? I'm going to call it out. You're struggling with depression. You're struggling with anger. You're struggling with sorrow. You need to be set free from that. If that's you, I want you to make your way out of the, to the altar right now. I know we're running a little late today, and I apologize for that, but we're going to pray, and God delivers us. Make your way to the altar. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on down over here. Come over here. Come on. We're going we're gonna to get through this. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah.
Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.